Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I retired to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this past fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Tommy Baker wants you to take the leap of your life, and if there is anyone who can convince you that you should, it is this guy. He has enormous energy and has helped thousands of entrepreneurs and soul searchers find the courage to make bold decisions. In this episode, we talk about the path of conscious growth as opposed to the comfort of drifting. We get real about the challenge of messy, uncomfortable growth and the bliss and toolbox that is awaiting you on the other side. Tommy Baker is the author of Unresolution, The 1% Rule, and his new book, The Leap of Your Life. He helps dreamers, visionaries, and entrepreneurs bring their dreams to life and create a life they can't wait to wake up for. Tommy believes living up to our potential is what we're here for. Through his writing, coaching, and podcast, he's helped thousands of people take their next bold step and never look back. He's been featured in Entrepreneur, Influensive, Thought Catalog, and more. Learn more at resistaverageacademy.com. Tommy talks radical honesty, the complexity and importance of letting go of emotional baggage, and the clarity and commitment it requires to move the needle. Let's dig in. So I am so excited to have with me today Tommy Baker from the Resist Average podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Jeanette, thank you so much. So excited uh, to be here and really love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So Tommy and I had a conversation on his podcast, Resist Average, and I just loved our conversation. I just felt so lit up by the time I got off the phone. So I'm following you on Instagram, and I, I actually find myself sometimes looking at your IG stories where I'm at the gym because you're a gym goer, and <laughs> you're you're very much about making sure that mind-body-soul connection is there. And you just – I love what you're, you're doing, what you're about. I know that you have a book coming out, uh, The Leap of Your Life. And I just, I want to know what the secret is. You have this amazing energy and this amazing outlook. And I want to know, like, how do you keep it at that level? And and what is your your big kind of focus right now as you're encouraging others to take these big leaps? Absolutely. And thank you so much. And, um, you know, I think the, the best way to answer that, you know, because I was thinking about that and it, it all just comes down to alignment. And, and when I say alignment, I like to think of the ridges on a key. Mm. And so um, there's been times that I've locked myself out and I had a very similar key and I put it in. And, you know, six out of the seven ridges were the same. So it actually the, the, the key went into the door, but then the door didn't open. So we can use power. We can use force. We can we can scream. We can yell. We can hustle our way through it. But that door is not going to open. And so when you ask me, like, where do I get that energy? Um, to me, it, it comes down to alignment, because when all of the ridges are going in the right place and the ridges in, in our lives are our mindsets, our thoughts, our behaviors, the people, the media, our environments, mm. um, the list goes on and on and on. When those are in alignment, it actually becomes quite easy. The door just opens with the flick of a wrist. And that's just a metaphor for um, our lives. And so I feel blessed to be able to be in a place of alignment because it wasn't always this way. And when we're in, when we're in alignment, things, things tend to flow. It becomes easier. And tapping into that energy is just kind of part of the process. Tell me a little bit, you say it wasn't always that way. What what kind of work have you done personally to shift your mindset? I, I know that what I read on your, your Instagram and what I, I see out there in the world and on your podcast, it's you definitely have done the work. So can you walk me through a little bit of what your journey has been? Absolutely. So I, I've done a little work. Um, no, it was, it, I actually did, so I did a 10-year quest actually, um, a, a decade-long quest, and that involved the physical, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And, and for me, it was really about getting to know who I am. And, and I think when we know who we are, 
when we have that awareness, um, everything else becomes easier. But that journey can be messy. That journey can uh, take us to some dark closets and some dark corners that we don't always want to open. But it's liberating once we do. Mm-hmm. And that's when I we practice what I call unconditional self-love. Because it's so often it's like we can love and appreciate ourselves if we show up a certain way. If this happens, if we get the next promotion, if somebody else says we did a great job, but are we willing to show ourselves love when none of those things are happening? Um, are we willing to show ourselves love when we don't feel like things are working or we're beating ourselves up? Can we be, can, can we just be honest with ourselves? And and so that to me has been the journey, this, this journey of getting to know who I am, because when I know who I am, then I can show up powerfully for others. I love it. So I've been on my own kind of quest. I love it. It's kind of like a vision quest. Um, yes, it and, is. And I, so mine has been about seven, eight years and really uncovering the depths of my soul, what I believe about myself, what I believe about um, the world around me and my connection with God, source, spirit and kind of unwinding old messaging and really getting clear. And I don't, I mean, I have found that it's hard, hard, hard work. Like you are completely broken open at times, um, but you keep showing up for yourself. And I feel like as you start to really uncover these beautiful kind of facets of who you are and get rid of the things that you don't need anymore, that also means that you kind of are up-leveling sometimes relationships, friendships, yes. work settings. And you're, you're kind of you're, – you're sad, you're releasing, but at the same time, you're kind of excited for what comes next. And, and the one thing that I, I have learned is that the journey never completely ends. Every time that I feel like I'm like, all right, I've up-leveled. I'm at this new place. There's a new challenge um, for me to, to overcome. So I'm curious what your experience has been. Like when you have something come up, um, for me, I feel like I just have better tools now, right? Like I yes. see something come up and it's less fear and more like, okay, let me meet this. Let me see what this is and poke around at it because this is a new opportunity for me to up-level. But knowing that that sometimes means that I'm going to be saying goodbye to other things in my life as I move through it. So I'm just curious like what your tools are and and how you greet those harder moments. Absolutely. And I I think in life we have really two options. Um, We have this path of conscious growth where we're actually doing exactly what you said uh, what I've been through and what so many other people do, anybody listening to the show, they're already on that path um, where we're, we're meeting, we're meeting the challenges head on and we're kind of pushing the limits um, of our experience. And that's what I call conscious growth. It means getting messy sometimes, getting uncomfortable because there's something on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's one path. And then there's another path, um, which is a path of just, hey, I'm just going to drift. And it's kind of less aimlessly wandering. There's no clear path. We're not getting comfortable, but we're we've gotten complacent in a place that we don't even like. And then that's like when the universe starts to throw us challenges that are quite painful and says, hey, like, are you going to wake up? Are you going to wake up? And they start really small and they get bigger and they get bigger. And that to me is how we end up in a really tough identity crisis, a a big breakup, a divorce, a health, a really big health scare, uh, maybe a financial crisis, whatever it is, until we actually say, okay. Now it's time to wake up. So um, that's that's the power of choosing growth consciously because like like you said, when we do, we it's not that the challenges are gonna end, like no way, right? Like like you said, but when they when we're faced with them, they they don't hold power over us. We say, you know what? I've been on this path, I feel capable and confident, and I have a toolkit. I have a toolkit that when I'm pushed to my emotional edge, I can rely on. So I think it's important to, to ask ourselves, like, are we on the path of conscious growth or are we just letting, you know, letting the universe kind of take the wheel and take us to a place of growth through some difficult challenges? And hey, they all lead to the same spot, but I'd much rather be in a place of conscious growth. Oh, I 100% agree. I think it's so interesting that we're having this conversation. Something you said it really hit me because I remember being in my 20s and having a mentor, and I actually just wrote about this, who said to me, complacency is death. And every time I started to get comfortable, I almost kind of like – it kind of triggered something in me. Like, oh, this is dangerous, right? It's dangerous for you to just float because you're going to get those lessons or be knocked out. And I've had many experiences over the course of my life where that's exactly what happened, right? You get complacent, you get comfortable, and then all of a sudden the wheels come off and you know the, the job ends or the relationship ends or there's a, a big conflict 
in your life and you have to like work your way through it. But it's kind of funny. And I was just talking about this with my producer before you got on. I said, you know, it's, it's hilarious because especially when you're creating content, right? Um, when you have your own kind of things pop up, you still feel the fear, even though you have this consciousness, you just know, like, I have the tools to get through it. But I'm curious for you, when you now, like when you experience something hard, how do you harness that for what you have on the podcast or for your writing or for your book? Are you kind of open and honest about tough times that you may be going through with your listeners and readers? Or do you find ways to try to wrap your head around it privately? No, I love that. And it's such a great question. And, you know, we are in a place where connection is everything. Trust and connection is absolutely everything. Um, so for me, when I surveyed my audience, I believe it was last year, I said, what's the number one thing that you appreciate about me and my message and all, you know, all the content that I produce, which is quite a lot. And they said, you're constantly sharing challenges all of the time, challenges in the moment, daily challenges, big challenges and everything in between. And why do I do that? Because just because we're on a, on a path of growth and or have experienced some type of success doesn't mean that those challenges are ever going to stop. And I never want my audience to think that I'm in some place, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them real world tools that we're going to be using every single day. You know, in my new book, I quote, Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And, you know, it was just a whole piece about fear and, you know, how we always have it no matter what. And her fear was, you know, she became this blockbuster mega hit of a book. I mean, 12 million copies, just ridiculous. And she spoke about how, you know, her fear after that was that her best work was behind her. And how was she going to live up to that success? And so, the fear never ends. It just changes its complexion and it creatively goes in different places. And so, you know, for me, I love sharing my challenges. And um, about a year and a half ago, I had a really intense health crisis. Consider myself extremely healthy. If you've seen like physicality is a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. But I had something called valley fever where I got this, this you know, fungal disease in my lungs. And um, I was like on my deathbed for three months. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. And I took my audience through that experience and really shared some of the deep and dark emotions that uh, I was wrestling with because my identity had been really tied to my ability to be physical, to be outside, to have the energy that you're probably listening, you know, hearing now. But in that moment, it was gone. Um, and, you know, I broke down in front of my audience and I shared with them. And I think it's I think that's so important. And at the same time, you know, showing them, you know, that we're we're on the front lines of what we're doing. And that's what I call holistic leadership, that we can lead from the front, we can lead from the middle, and sometimes we're going to have to lead from the back. I love that. I think that's so beautiful because I think that's the one thing that um, sometimes it's that connection that's missing, you know, with, with people who write self-help or self-development or consider themselves coaches. Sometimes they want to give this kind of this image of everything being perfect, but you're missing that connection and that humanity, right? Or they speak of things that have happened past tense as opposed to what they're going through in the moment. And that's the one thing that I love about, I think, self-development is that if you're truly kind of authentic with your audience, they actually get to see like there's never, you're never done. There's always, there's always a little bit more. There's always going to be a challenge, but I would never want to live any other way now. You know, I would never want to go back to the way things were, where I was floating or allowing life to kind of happen to me, as opposed to going out and happening to life. I think that that's a huge shift. And I know a lot of people, you know, I, I see a lot of comments about how do I move into a healthier mindset? How do I make those steps? Because it sounds like something to lean into. You can, you can buy books, you can start moving, but I think there's almost like you have to make a commitment to yourself and start searching. For me, it was searching. I started by saying my life and the way I'm living it is not working and I'm on the floor of my guest bedroom bawling my eyes out. My marriage is failing. My, you know, I just had a daughter, um, five rounds of IVF and I have a, a baby with colic of the demonic variety. <laughs> and, you know, I was being sued. I had all these terrible things happening. And that was one of those moments where it was like, oh, I have to get up off this floor and I have to figure out who I am now without my husband as a um, single woman who's now co-parenting, um, as someone who is a defendant, I have to figure out who I am now rather than laying on the floor and letting it all happen to me. And I started searching. 
So I'm curious what you would say to people who are searching, who want to up-level their mindset or to create a toolkit, um, a toolbox of things that they can start to lean on. What are the first steps that you would you would recommend to them? I love it because you really detailed it out in a perfect manner. And I was just like, I was going through my process and each, you know, your snippet there of what you went through was exactly where it all starts. And, and number one, uh, it always starts with radical honesty. Mm. And transformation and, and really enduring change won't happen without this step. Um, and it can be really hard for us to get just truly honest with ourselves. And what happened to you, that was a moment of just radical honesty. And so we can't, we can't build something in the future that's going to be powerful if, a, if, our, if our current foundation isn't rooted in a place of honesty. So that's number one. Number two, we got to let go. There is so much that we have to let go of. Um, and primarily we have to let go of, of, you know, baggage, emotional baggage, uh, of the past times where we didn't feel capable times where we, you know, were embarrassed about something times where we, you know, felt hurt and lost and all of that stuff. At some point we have to let that go because that's exactly what becomes our anchor for moving forward. And so this is why so often we can have these grand plans to move forward and be excited and then we wind up in the same exact place mm. because we're still holding on to the past and, you know, in, in all change, what, you know, the known in our lives, even if it's painful, like the past for a lot of people is much more comfortable than stepping into the unknown that has possibility. And so we have to let go. And then number three, it's about clarity. It's about clarity. It's like, okay, I'm radically honest. I've let go. Now I actually have space to breathe. Um, where do I want to go from here? And the next step, which you said is commitment. So we, a lot of people have clarity around what to do and what they want and all of that stuff, but then they're just interested. Then they're just, they're, they kind of want it. Oh, I like that. Interested. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> one of my mentors, Lisa Nichols, she says, you know, your, your commitment and convenience can't live on the same block. Mm -hmm. So your commitment is, is much bolder than just like, Oh, I kind of want this. It's like, no, um, this is going to happen and it's going to happen by this date. I mean, it's really putting yourself out there. And once you have um, commitment, it's all about staying consistent long enough to bring it to life. So that's what I call the three C's, the clarity, commitment, and then consistency to bring it to life. I love it. I, I will tell you, I think the two hardest, and this is from my own experience and from what I've seen from others, is the letting go and the commitment. Right. Yes. I think letting go has been like it's become this really beautiful meme and everyone's like, oh, just let go. And I think a lot of folks who just they're like, how? How do I do that? And <laughs> I think for me, you know, one of the things I share with him is like you really have to dig into what you believe about yourself, even some of your like religious spiritual beliefs. Um, you have to really kind of believe or understand how certain relationships, work settings, and, and interactions, experiences have been kind of created based on basic belief systems and then create practice and forgiveness. And this isn't a one and done thing. So I think that's the one thing I want to dig in with you is like the let it go. I think a lot of people give up in that spot because they have a hard time with how letting something go is not a one and done, how it's kind of a process. So like, how would you walk someone through that? What would you, what advice would you give them? No, I love that because it's like, yes, you can, you can hear it on this conversation and then, yep. and then you're going to go out and I'm like, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. And then it's like, oh my God, that seems impossible. I don't even know where to start or what to do. Um, but I love what you said. So, you know, when I work with clients, we, one of the things that I do here in one of my live experiences in Scottsdale is, you know, we do this, this whole, um, uh, metaphorical process on a hike here in Arizona. That's a very like spiritual experience. And that's, that's a form of, of, you know, really letting go. And we do this thing, but, um, uh, you don't have to do that to let go. It's exactly what you said. It's actually not a one-time deal. It's a daily process and a daily decision. Yes, so for I me, going into the practical toolbox, for me, one of the things that I do every single day during my meditation is I just ask two questions. One, what is one thing I can let go of today? And two, what is one person that I'm, uh, what is one person that I have to forgive today? Or what is one thing that I can forgive myself for? And doing this every day, it just releases 
that stress and that baggage and that heaviness that we tend to walk around with because we're already overwhelmed. Our to-do list has never been bigger. We've got kids and we've got bills and responsibilities and there's just so much, let alone you know, some of the stuff happening in the media and the news that it can seem just so overwhelming. But when we let go of this on a personal basis, we start our day with clarity. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell people that it's a, it's a process and it's going to be a journey. And yes, there's amazing things that you could do. You could, you know, have coaches, you can listen to this podcast, you could go to an experience, you maybe therapy might be something for you. It, there's all types of different, there's a spiritual practices. All of those things are going to definitely help in letting go. But you can start today with just a simple process by asking two questions in meditation and or doing the same thing with a journaling practice and just writing down, what do I have to let go of today? What in the past got me here and it's not going to get me there? And, you know, the quality of our lives is really based on the, the quality of the questions that we ask and the answers that fill that space. I love that. So I am a huge proponent of um, creative unblocking is what Julia Cameron calls it. She's um, the artist way. Yes. Oh, I so love good. her stuff, right? So I started the artist way, the morning pages when I was in my early 20s. And I mean, I had been writing forever, but I think that was the first time that I gave myself permission to do like stream of consciousness writing. And the one thing that I recognized in that is that if you just continue to create a journaling practice and allowing your subconscious and even asking questions, right? You know, like you just said, like, what is one thing I can let go of? What is one thing that has not served me and will not serve me to get to where I'm going, right? And and just allowing it to flow out of you and not being necessarily attached to it and just writing every single day. And slowly you become known to yourself is the way I, I've, I think of it. You become known to yourself and you start to see themes in your writing so that you can move it into your conscious mind. You can move some of your own bad behaviors, right? Or maybe some of your own um, subconscious beliefs about yourself or the way you interact with others. And you can pull them out of yourself. And I just think it's such a beautiful practice. And I, I recommend it to anyone who's like, how do I start the, the process? And I'm like, read and write. Journal yes, and yes. read. <laughs> so so good. And what you said is amazing because when it when we get it out of our heads and our minds, you know, they're swirling around with sixty thousand thoughts a day. When we get them out, they actually lose their emotional charge. Like we can see it on paper. Mm-hmm. And once we see it on paper and it's kinda it's it's out of our bodies, um, they, they lose the, the power over us. Like that this like this this thing that's been driving us for so long. So I think that's just such a great strategy. I love Julia Cameron's work and Morning Pages is a game changer. It is totally a game changer. It's changed my life. Um, I'm curious though, when we, when we talked about commitment and you use the word decision, we have to make a lot of decisions. And I think that's another thing where it's it's a shift of, of the way of being, right? So we can learn how to let go over time. And we go through this process, radical honesty, letting go, clarity, commitment. When you get to the commitment part, um, I think that that's – one of the things I'm really proud of with myself that I think is one of my biggest gifts is that I'm very decisive. The moment mm. – I may take time to think about something. And I remember working with an executive coach when I was – and I even told him, I said, I have been in that research understanding phase. And once I moved to decision-making, it's almost like you can see things manifest immediately because it's like I've spent so much time. And he had some really great advice for me. He said, make Take decisive action in the moment. You're spending so much time researching. I need you to trust yourself more. And I thought that was really fascinating because I was like, I'm a very decisive person. But I was spending all this time preparing myself for the decision that could take me a year, year and a half, two years, three years to make. And he was like, make decision in an instant. And I was like, that really helped me so much. So I'm just curious, like when you think of, you've used the word commitment and decisions, and I think that those are are two really big things that spur action. So talk to me a little bit about action and how we get to that place. Yeah, well, well, and what you said is great because, you know, so often we have these moments of clarity, we have these moments of breakthrough, we have these moments where literally in the moment we have 100% certainty. There's no space for doubt. There's no space for fear. And this happens all the time. Sometimes it happens in the shower, sometimes it happens at night when the kids have gone to bed. Sometimes it happens when we're on the plane and we finally have some perspective as we look out the window and start to ask some questions about our lives. We're not lacking breakthrough. We're not lacking clarity. It's what happens next. And every moment that passes that we don't bring that clarity to life with decisive action, exactly what you said, we start to lose the enthusiasm behind it. 
And furthermore, fear starts to take over. And fear is the most creative thing in the world. I mean, and and I, I call her she. I have a, a great relationship with fear because I use her as compass, but she will be very creative because she knows that she lives in our heads. So she's going to put us in a place of, oh, it's not the right time. Oh, you need more research. Oh, you need an, another degree. Oh, you're just not ready for it right now. And that just creates more distance, more time between breakthrough and decisive action until what happens? We wake up you know, three months later, we wake up four weeks later, and nothing came to life from that breakthrough. And so I always encourage people exactly what you said. And I have something called the 24-hour principle. When you have clarity around something, it doesn't even matter how small it is. You just have clarity around a decision. You make the decision and you make it real within 24 hours or less. Otherwise, it's going to fade off into the distance. Another great tool for this is, you know, ask yourself, what would the future version of me do in this spot? So one of the things that I do when I'm faced with a a harder decision that I'm kind of like, my intuition knows exactly what I need to do, but I can feel the fear coming on. Um, I say, okay, go five years down the line. I close my eyes. I think of myself in five years, the vision that I'm, I'm looking to create for my life. And I look back and I look at that decision. And when I look at the, look at it through the lens of where I'm going and the person that I'm becoming, it, it's like, of course they would do that. Like that's a no brainer. It's like as simple as, you know, ordering something at a, at a restaurant. And, and that's a great way to, you know, kind of bridge that gap from where we are to where we want to go by making decisions based on our future self. I love that because it's in my book. So I talk about. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I talk about manifesting your, you know, working with your higher self, right? And what's really yes. funny to me is that when we're in the present, we have a tendency to be like, why'd you do that? But when you start to visualize your higher self, she's very loving and she's like waiting for you to get to her, right? Yes. And so Hurry up. Hurry mine up. is kind of like, yeah. And, and it's been very helpful. And, and I've done this visualization in workshops where I've walked women through. And we do our younger self and then we do our, our higher future self. And one of the things is that it does bring astounding clarity because she knows and she's like, hey, you need to you need to quit that job. You need to end that relationship. Yes. You need to get over yourself. You need to take you know, you need to do the thing and make it actionable as opposed to, to questioning yourself in that. So I think that that's so incredibly powerful to tap in to that future version because I feel like that future version of us is like, please hurry up. Like get, I know. <laughs> get it together. Seriously. It, and, and they, they know they have so much wisdom. And so if we can just tap into that wisdom and those like the decisions will become so the decisions that freak us out today and drive us to these crazy places today. And we spend so much analysis, paralysis analysis in, um, to them, it's no big deal. And I also want to remind like anybody listening, you know, when, when we make a decision like that, that means that's a really, that's a commitment that that's, you know, that's a, a commitment rooted in, in our dreams and our desires. And, you know, when we say yes to the places that we're going in our higher self, we say no to all of the other smaller minded alternatives. And so no decision that we make is ever in a vacuum, but if we don't make one, Inherently, we're, if we say yes to paralysis analysis or inaction or procrastination, well, we're saying no to the possibility of what could come to life if we stepped into it. Oh, that's so true. I feel like people make choices in their passivity every single day, you know, yes. and it's it's that analysis paralysis where it's I'm afraid to make an active choice to get things moving. And I think that's what's been so beautiful for me. And I think why I love that whole decide in an instant because you're actually clearing space, right? You're uh, you're asking all of the things that no longer serve that higher vision of yourself to fall away and in creating more room to grow and to create unless I, I think of it as like little chihuahuas talking in your head, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this constant, you know, chatter about what life sh- could look like. And you're like, no, this is what, this is where we're heading. I absolutely love that. I'm, I'm curious when it comes to the noise though, because there's, there's so much noise in our daily life. And I believe truly we have to protect ourselves from, from advertising, social media, chit chat, you know, the things that really pull us off of our path. Um, how do you protect your time, your space so that you're always creating with purpose and you're not getting caught up in, in small minded conversations or the fears of the world around us? 
Absolutely. So, so always starts with clarity. We, we need to know where we're going. And I just call it that North star, that North star. And again, you don't need to have every single step mapped out. You just need to know where you're headed on your voyage. And that's the North star. And once you have the North star, it becomes very easy. And all I ask is a simple question. Is this serving my North star mm. or is this not serving my North star? And I honestly think of it completely binary, just like a sheet down the middle. I got plus on one side, it's serving my North star and I got a minus on the other and it's not serving my North star. So when an opportunity comes up for somebody wants to grab coffee at Starbucks, you know, um, I will remind myself of my North star, look at the season of my life right now. And it's going to fit into one of those buckets. Um, you know, when I get a social invite, when I get a business opportunity, when all of that stuff, that's it becomes very easy going back to when we started to get into alignment the problem is is that we if we have a north star crafted or we have a vision that we've crafted and we have more minuses than pluses well the universe is going to be like hey you're out of alignment like you're saying you want all of these things but you're clinging on to these relationships that no longer serve you're you know gossiping all of the time around coworkers and bosses uh, your social circle is, you know, full of negativity. And we begin to add all of that up. And it's like, of course, we're spinning our wheels. Of course, we feel stuck. Of course, we can't stay consistent longer than three weeks. So um, being clear on where we're going and then really just reverse engineering it and saying, you know what? This is not serving me. This is serving me. And being able to have really healthy boundaries and it really comes down to self-love and self-appreciation because if we do appreciate ourselves enough, if we do love and honor ourselves enough, um, then, you know, we, we will create these, these boundaries around what's most important because when we focus on that, not only do we achieve the things that we want, but we feel fulfilled and purposeful. And, you know, that's going to affect the most important people in our life. So if we're saying, going back to saying yes or no, if we're saying yes to you know, toxic, toxic gossip. Well, then, then we're really saying no to something else. And when we do that, we just get in a place of misalignment. Um, and this is when we get stuck, we spin our wheels and we begin to lose self-trust and confidence that our vision is even capable of coming true. I love this. I have a I'm curious question for you because this has come up quite a bit. Like as you start to align with your your North Star with your higher self, as you start to move in that direction, there are some relationships that, that are going to fall away. And that's hard. Um, do you, what I've typically done is, is say, you know, these, these relationships or these conversations are negative. I don't want that energy in my life. But I don't necessarily announce it, right? I just fill my time and my calendar with things that are heading me in the right direction or relationships that build me up and want to see me as my best self, what happens with you when you find that you're you're kind of saying no to certain things? Do you make any type of announcements or proclamations, or is it, it kind of the same? Yeah, I think it's I think it's very similar. You know, in, in certain circumstances, you know, I think there 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 are times for for conversations, you know, that uh, that can create clarity for for both sides on on expectations. But I mean, you're absolutely right. When we fill our days. You know, when we're clear and we fill our days with, you know, the people and the places and, and all of the things that are going to move us towards uh, where we are and where we're going and really fuel us, there's not enough space left for everything else. Mm. Um, and, and, and you know, the, the, you know, people get the message and, you know, to me, it's like, there's that great quote, which is, you know, people come into your life for a season, a reason or a lifetime. Mm. And as we grow and evolve, you know, that's just a natural process, you know, like think like when a caterpillar goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly, like there's this metamorphosis and it has to literally become this you know, like brownish substance. And that's like us letting go of old relationships, you know? And so I have a really simple, you know, tactical thing that I teach people. It's like, go to your smartphone and look at your last 10 text messages. And if at least eight of them, you know, aren't inspiring and empowering you, then you know, you got some work to do with your circle mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, really the standard should be 10 out of 10, but you know, eight's a good, great start. Um, so letting go, going back to letting go, like, you know, holding onto a relationship that isn't serving us. It's not only not serving us, but it's not serving them because sometimes the greatest gift that we can give someone is letting go of that relationship. 
so they can continue on their journey of growth. And I know for me, sometimes I've had to make decisions where it's like this, this is no longer working and it's really holding me back. And that person came around, you know, a couple of years later and said, you know what? At the time I was triggered at the time I may have said some things or, right. you know, called you out on social media because of it or whatever, whatever it is. And you really just gave me a gift. And so it's important that if, if, if we're not showing up fully as ourselves in a relationship, well, we're doing ourselves a disservice. We're doing them and everything in between. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. It's funny because I, I did have a couple of friends who kind of asked me after the fact, like, hey, what happened? What's going on? And I I used it as an opportunity to say, you know, unfortunately, um, if you want me to, to share, I, I'm heading in a direction. And, you know, sometimes when I'm talking to you about it, I feel the need to mute myself. And I know that you don't like it. And, you know, if you want to come with me on this journey, that's great. But I also need to be around people who are going to be happy for me. And um, two of the three conversations, actually all three of the conversations thanked me um, because they were like, that's true friendship by kind of mirroring back to me. And I think they even had permission to kind of work on some things that they needed to realize about themselves. So it's it's interesting when I, when you provide clarity and you speak from a really honest, pure place, um, heartfelt, I yes. feel like people are like, it's almost like, it's kind of like the, the, the junk, the stories, the, the little barbs fall away and they're like, oh, thank you, you know, instead of being like, yes. well, girl, you do this and it drives me crazy and be like, I feel this way when I'm around you and that makes me feel bad. Um, and then one of them was like, I think I might be depressed and I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. And I'm like, you've never, <laughs> here, here's some books, here's some podcasts, like work <laughs> on you, you know, and you, you get to be, you know, provide clarity and provide support and give them, I think, the permission. So I think that's very, very true. I want to ask you about your book because I love, I love, love, love the title, The Leap of Your Life. I have just taken an enormous, enormous leap that yes. sometimes feels so incredibly terrifying. Like I told someone seven days of the week, six of them, I'm ecstatic and excited and creative and on fire. And on one day, I'm like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> so tell me what is in store for us in this book and, and what year, what the leap is. Tell me about it. Yeah, you know, the leap of your life. It, it's really about exactly what you just said. You know, that bold decision that we all have inside of us. And, uh, you know, honestly, sometimes, and it's all relative, sometimes the decision to somebody else might seem inconsequential, but to us, it matters so much. And we're debating or in paralysis analysis. And it's like, I wanted to give somebody out there permission. Uh, and I, I can't do it, but I can ignite, the, I could ignite something inside of them so they can choose that to really take that chance. Um, and you know, a lot of the book is about redefining this concept of risk. And, um, I, I go deep into the study of regret and, and, and really how heavy that can be. And that there really is, is no loss in, in going for it because when we go for it, when we put ourselves on the line, we fulfill what we're all here for, which is to have meaning, to have purpose, to feel the thrill of this adventure called life. And so often, even if we put ourselves out there and we quote unquote, fail another door opens that it would have never opened we could have never seen it had we not put ourselves out there and so this book was written for somebody who knows that they're meant for something more they have moments of clarity but then they pass kind of like i mentioned earlier yeah. and they're tired of, of of that happening and so i love what you said though because i really eradicate a lot of the myths around it because people say oh, i'm gonna leap and it's gonna be amazing and i say no, you're going to have to learn to live in a world of dual duality, a world of incredible enthusiasm when you make that bold decision, but also mixed in with moments of questioning and doubt and fear. And I always say this in my lives, you know, my clients will call me and they'll say, Tommy, I'm, I'm in, you know, my stomach is in a knot. I'm, I'm nauseous. I'm questioning everything. What am I doing? And, you know, they'll call me in a, in a panic of sense and I'll say, that's fantastic. <laughs> You're winning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I'll be like, that's, that's exactly what we want. And, and really what I'm saying is that when we leave our comfort zone, all of those things are just proof that we're, that we're stretching ourselves, that we're moving towards it. And I tell them like, if we didn't experience a little bit of doubt and fear and anxiety and the unknown and you know, what's going to happen? Well, we wouldn't be stretching ourselves. So that's the whole point. And I really wanted to give people permission to get back, you know, do that thing that they've put off the last decade, you know, make that decision. If you're going to that job for, 
you know, it's, it's been four years you've been going to that job and it's been eating your soul. Like, let's not make it another five because during that time there's, there's a life for you that you, you can't imagine right now. And to me, the great tragedy is, is not knowing what that looks and what that feels like. Yeah. I actually have a new saying for myself and it's, it, I just realized it this past week, it's called do it nauseous. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have realized, um, in all of this excitement and fear. And I remember telling my executive coach, I'm like, I'm so excited and I have so much faith. And he's like, that's great and everything, but I need to break your heart. Um, there are going to be days where that enthusiasm starts to falter. So you need to replace yes. it with skill. And yes. he's like, so invest in learning the skill set and look at every failure and every fault and every everything as okay this is what's stretching my muscles as an entrepreneur so I'm learning how to be more nimble and be more flexible and understand that every day is not going to look exactly the same and it's just kind of funny so I recognized I, I'm working with a manufacturer right now in LA and every time I go to meet with him I am nauseous before I go to our meeting <laughs> I feel like I'm going to throw up and it yes. was so funny because I realized I'm like I must want this so bad right like I must I'm afraid that he's going to tell me I can't have my dream and the thing that I want and that I'm creating and yes. so I have to lean into it and do it nauseous right I'm just I'm going to show up in the meeting and I'm going to feel like I'm going to throw up and I'm going to walk out. And every meeting, every time I leave, I'm like, yes, I picked the right manufacturer. This is the <laughs> right guy. But it's it's funny. It's like really having to get your head around. Um, it's actually better to be uncomfortable and growing than be depressed and stagnant and complacent. And, and it's it's the key, it's the only difference is are you willing to trade some short term nauseousness, some mm-hmm. short term discomfort, some short term oh my god what am I doing right now, for the long term fulfillment? And often in life we get it the other way around. We're gonna instead of trading that short term discomfort, we're gonna choose to be comfortable now. We're gonna choose yeah I'm not gonna take that meeting. No I'm not gonna put myself out there to that client. No I'm not gonna make the biggest offer. No, I'm not going to launch and click record on my own podcast or write that post that I've been needing to or whatever it is. Um, but like you said, that that leads to long-term discomfort, long-term regret, long-term looking back saying like, wow, I, I, I had a shot there and I, I missed it. And I don't know if I can get that back. And so it's, I, I love that, you know, do it now, do it nauseous because <laughs> we, we all experience that. And I, I always say that on my podcast, it's like, don't make the, you know, don't make someone ordinary, extraordinary, like meaning somebody that you look up to on some mountaintop that's doing something amazing, understand that they had to do it nauseous over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so when we say, oh, well, that, that person just had to figure it out, we're really dishonoring them, but we're dishonoring ourselves because ultimately we're, we're taking the humanness away from them. We're taking all of their dark moments of questioning and doubts and putting themselves on the line when, when we bring them down to ground level, we take them off the pedestal, we recognize like, wow, they're just like us. And to me, that's super empowering to look up to my mentors and people that, you know, I've wanted to model to know that they've done thousands of reps of do it, doing it nauseous right. and I've done hundreds and I'm on my way. And, and that's very empowering. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I I just love your, I just love talking to you. (laughs) I I find myself the whole time like nodding, like, yes, yes. I wanted to, (laughs) I want to ask you, um, I want to know about the younger version of yourself, younger Tommy. If you could visualize a younger version of yourself, what would he look like? What does he need from you? And what advice would you give him? Yeah, so the the one that comes up was um, a younger version who was lost between two cultures. Um, so part of my story in growing up, I, I grew up in two completely different cultures. One was in South America, in Colombia, and one was in uh, outside of New York. So it's just two completely different places. Um, and my younger self, you know, I'd say it's all going to work out um, when you when you walk around with an inner knowing that you're worthy, that you're capable, that um, even if you feel like you don't fit in right now, that the only person that you have to fit in is with yourself, then everything will change. So I would grab him and say, man, it's all gonna be great. And don't let your current circumstances of feeling like you're an outcast because you don't know the language and you don't understand what they're saying and you're super shy 
don't let that become your identity because it's it's not who you are. Yeah. It's so interesting how when we look back at our younger selves, we take on this like very nurturing tone. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yes. It's not like, dude, suck it up. It's more like <laughs> you're going to be all right. You know, like things are going to be okay. And I just find it really fascinating that, that when I interview people and ask them that question, how much our younger selves just needs like a little bit of a confidence, right? A little bit of a boost, a little bit of like the knowingness that it's all going to work out because it's like they haven't seen, they haven't had the life experience yet. And, and yes. the higher future self sitting here today is like, you're going to be good. I got you. Absolutely. And I, th- I think it's like it's we can tap into that wisdom all the time because and, and I think why that happens is very interesting. I think it's just because we're so used to beating ourselves up so often that when we get a moment to look back, obviously, like you said, we can connect the dots. Um, we have so much more empathy and compassion. But here's my challenge for everyone and really the challenge for myself. Can we have that empathy and compassion with ourselves today? Mm. Even without having all the dots connected, can we show up for ourselves now like that. Oh, I love that. It's really powerful, right? It's super powerful to imagine. Like we're always looking for external validation. We're always looking for someone to tell us that we're doing a good job or we're mad at ourselves because we feel like we could have handled a situation better. But if you can just sit in that place of self-compassion and just be like, dude, you are trying, right? I call myself dude. Is that weird? I don't know. (laughs) No, I I love that you're speaking my language. (laughs) But it's like, you're trying. You're here. You showed up. (laughs) good job at a boy, you know, and I think I do, I do a pretty good job of that for the most part. Um, but I think also when you're kind of you're you're shifting lives in a lot of ways, it does kind of make you a little bit more like I, I think there's that identity, like who am I in this new role and how do I show up in the world? So I've got to remind myself of that. So thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. And, you know, part of my work, you know, we talked about earlier, part of my in, in, you know, journey and, and a lot of what I actually teach others today is to look back at their past and recognize that even if we were operating out of fear, even if we were operating out of scarcity and stress and survival, which can lead to some pretty bad decisions, none of those were mistakes. Mm. Because if I, if, I get in, if I get into people's heartstrings, we were all doing the best we could with what we had at the time. And it doesn't matter if we made a really bad decision. It wasn't a mistake because it got us here. And I know that can sound very cliche, Mm -hmm. but when we actually own that, that's when, that's when going back to like letting go, that's when we can like, whoa, that's when we have one of those exhales and it's like, okay. Well, it's forgiveness of self. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's so powerful. And sometimes when I do interviews and workshops, one of the questions I ask the group at the very end of several questions after visualization, right? So they've gone in and they've done deep work and I'll ask them like, who in your life do you need to forgive? And then the last question is, and I can hear some sniffling and I'll say, is that person you? And all of a sudden you can hear, there's always an audible, you know, sob or, you know, someone really having a hard time because I feel like the forgiveness of self is such a huge key to unlocking our power. I don't know what it is. There's something about forgiving ourselves for things that we've trespassed against ourselves in our own mind, right? Yes. And that's not actually the case. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's the big question. If you were to be able to leave nuggets of gold, wisdom, inspiration behind in this life, the big thoughts, the big, like deep, this is what I would want people to know, what would they be? Love that. Well, the first one would be, and this ties into what we were just talking about, but the first one would be just plain and simple. You are enough. Hmm. You are enough as is. You don't need to prove anything. Right now, you are enough. And the second piece would be that the magic is always going to be found in the unknown. The magic is always going to be found one step away, one step further as you distance yourself from your comfort zone. Oh, that's so good. And the moment that you own those two, because we got to make sure that we're enough first, because if not, we won't push, we won't get to that place on the second one. But the moment that we own those two, uh, to me, we, we write our life story. And our life story is riveting. It's exciting, it's full of wonder, it's full of awe, 
yes, it's full of adversity and challenge, but those make those those are part of the riveting journey. And we need both of those. And so the question is, you know, what story are you going to write? So powerful. I absolutely love the idea and the knowledge. I think because I now have the knowledge that there's just, there's something right outside, right? Get uncomfortable and there's such bliss in, in the opportunity in, in what's out there. I am so thankful that we've connected and that you are willing to be on my <laughs> podcast. Thank you. Because I just feel like we have these like really beautiful conversations and I can, I, when I, I follow you, I can feel you. I like, I can feel your energy. I can feel your soul. I can, and I think that that's such a huge gift. So thank you for what you do for others because you can tell that you put yourself out there. And I think that sometimes can be a scary place, but you do it really well. So I'm really appreciative of you and, and being on the podcast today. And that means the world. And and obviously, you know, on this journey, this is this is the power when you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable and you you commit to your growth. You're gonna you're gonna. Have, this is what happens. You co-create with other people and people, places, opportunities. Doors will open that you couldn't see, and you'll you'll know by the way it feels. And so, um, thank you for you having the courage to take your leap, which is incredible. You. you inspire so many people <laughs> from doing that. And having the courage to start the podcast and to write the book. It's like you're living the principles in the book and, and the principles that I teach. And that's why we connect so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it nauseous, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Tommy. Thank you for everything. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Right back to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I love Tommy's entire vibe and his encouragement to take decisive action and tap into your future self. He speaks my language. You can follow Tommy and all the great work he's doing in the world by subscribing to his podcast, Resist Average, or follow him on IG at Tommy underscore Resist Average, and make sure to order his new book, The Leap of Your Life, on Amazon. Tommy and I talk about doing deep work, which is the cardinal point of my new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future. Get into the work with me. Lore is available now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them with me in the comments. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. If you want some help moving toward that intentional life, join me every week on my intention journey. I am inviting you totally free from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my love notes at JeanetteSchneider.com. And before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention setting prompts and give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go, recharge, and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. Intentional living is where it's at, y'all. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, Love each other every day.